Welcome to C3 Wellington. We're a community on a mission to live, love, and lead like Jesus. For more information about C3 Wellington and to find out about upcoming events and services, visit our website, c3wellington.com. We're so glad you're joining us for this message. We pray it impacts you today. Now, reading the Christmas story, I don't know, do you find that there's just, just these times, like, you might know it and you might sort of feel like you kind of got this, you kind of got the story, you understand, you, you know the scriptures, you know how it goes, but you still kind of just want to go back and kind of connect to it again. Like, there's something about this time of year where it's easy to not be connected to it, and sometimes, for me, I don't know about you, but the business of life, the end of the year, coming to the end of a work year and all the rest of it, it's easy to be a little bit jaded and a little bit, you know, just kind of worn out, and you f- sometimes find it's hard to maybe connect to the, the, the basis and the story and the beauty of what Jesus did for us around Christmas time. And so uh, I don't know if that's you, that's me. So I had to sort of, I just wanted to go back and just read it again. And, and, and I'm so grateful because when I read it, went back and read it again, I got, and I was in Luke, and because Luke just loves, he's got lots of words, Luke, you know. And, uh, and so he's got the longest and uh, most exhaustive uh, gospel of the four gospels. And so into Luke, and because, you know, you kind of get a little bit more of the backstory and stuff like that, a little bit more, just a little bit more of what's going on. And, and, uh, and I was reading Luke, and, I, and two people stood out to me that, that I really had kind of, kind of glossed over or read through and kind of got, yeah, yeah, just kind of carried on. Because we all know that the star of the show of Christmas is Jesus Christ. Amen. And so you're reading this thing focused in on, uh, on Jesus and focused in on what's going on and Mary and then Joseph and the whole, you know, inn and angels and shepherds and all this cool stuff. But there's two people uh, in the story, they're almost like extras in a movie. You know, when you see a movie, you're not really paying attention to the extras in the movie, right? I remember when we were living in the Coromandel, they were filming um, the Lord, the um, Light and the Witch in the Wardrobe series, Narnia, the Narnia series. They're filming it in the Coromandel. And uh, I never got to do it, but I was asked to be a guy that would just drive the actors from scene to scene in it, and they're going to pay you $50 an hour to just drive a, a, a van and like, you drive them over there and just sit and chill for a couple hours with them, and drive them over there and sit and chill. And, and unfortunately, the requirement of time, although I was going to get paid awesomely, uh, I couldn't make it work. It was just actually, it was, you know, you had to be here all, and we had a young family, so I couldn't make it work. But I knew people that got to be extras in Narnia. They're like, we need some people to be in this crowd, and we need some people to be in that thing over there and do that thing. And so, like, yeah, I'll do that. And so, I've got mates who got to be extras in the movie Narnia. And you wouldn't even know it if, you, if you're watching the movie, you wouldn't even notice them. In fact, that's the point of extras. The point of extras is to create the scene to make it look authentic, but you're not supposed to notice them because they're not the star. I can't even remember who the stars of Narnia were. Don't, I'm sorry if you remember, good if you remember, I can't remember, but uh, I don't remember who they were. But the point is, is that the, the stars, the, the, the ones that the name rolls up the screen, the credits, and they come first. It's interesting, isn't it, in Hollywood? And you see the tension, right? You get a big actor, and if their name's not first, then they have to be and so-and-so, or, you know, uh, with guest starring so-and-so, like, later on. They have to be like, if they're not, I'm not first, then you've got to put my, last, my name last with, like, an and or some sort of... Is it a conjunction? A pre- I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. But, you know, isn't it funny that in Hollywood it's like, you know, your name's got to get up first. And I think sometimes in life it can be a little bit like this. And I just want to remind us this morning, and this is a good reminder that we're extras in the show of life. And Jesus Christ is the star. Amen. You don't want to be the star. This is how the whole sort of... Uh, 
challenge of humanity is that we want to force ourselves in the spotlight and be the star. But the greatest thing we can be is when we realize that we get to be extras in a movie. My friends were so grateful they could be in it that we get to be extras in this, in this amazing narrative of, of God sending His Son to rescue us, redeem us, and to create a family so that we could then be with Him forever. What a crazy, crazy, awesome thing that we're caught up in that God said, do you want to come and be a part of this amazing narrative that I'm writing in humanity? And, and you know, so, so I just love that Christmas is a time for family because, you know, Jesus came to, to create or birth a family through His blood and, 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 and we get to give gifts to one another because He is the greatest gift that the world will ever know. And so anyway, I was just reading through the scriptures and I see these two extras. And so my message this morning is called Extra, Extra. Read all about it. Does anyone remember? This is the guys that used to stand on the street corner with the newspapers and they used to sell the newspapers like, extra, extra, read all about it. You know, so-and-so, JFK has been killed or so-and-so, some big things happened. And they're like, you know, read the headlines and they'd scream it, extra, extra, read all about it. And uh, I love the fact that in the Bible, some bit rolls get written in there and we get to glean from them. And so I want to tell you about two extras that I found in Luke chapter 2, which I believe we can learn some things, we can take some things away from the life of these two extras. And uh, the first one is a guy named Simeon. Can anyone tell me about Simeon? No hands. You know, just, I, I couldn't have probably told you too much about Simeon, but here he is. Let me read it to you. I'm going to read you Luke 2. I'm going to read you the whole chunk about Simeon, and then we're going to break down and just learn some things from Simeon's life. It says this in chapter 25 of Luke chapter 2. It says this. As they came to the temple, now this is uh, Joseph and Mary. This is, uh, I think, 40 days after Jesus' birth, and they had a, a circumcision uh, 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 ceremony, and you had to go and you had to go to the, to the temple and give an offering of, you know, turtle doves and whatever else those used to offer back in those days. Um, I don't know, do we still have turtle doves? Because they got a hammering back in the biblical days, didn't they? Like, you wouldn't want to be a turtle dove back then, you know? So anyway, so, Joseph, so as they, Joseph and Mary, came to the temple to fulfill this requirement, an elderly man was there waiting, a resident of Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. He was a very good man, a lover of God who kept himself pure, and the spirit of holiness rested upon him. Simeon believed in the imminent appearing of the one called the refreshing of Israel. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before he saw the Messiah, the anointed one of God. For this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at the very moment Jesus' parents entered to fulfill the requirements of the sacrifice. Simeon cradled the baby in his arms and praised God and prophesied. He prophesied over Jesus when he's 40 days old. This is so cool. What a... What a legend. He prophesied saying, Lord and Master, I am your loving servant and now I can die content. For your promise to me has been fulfilled. With my own eyes I have seen your word, capital W, I've seen your word, the Savior you sent into the world. He will, be, he will be glory for your people Israel and the revelation light for all people everywhere. And the Mary and Joseph stood there awestruck 
over what has been said about their baby. And that blows me away because Mary received a, a visitation from an angel in the, in, the, in the dead of nine. And this angel said that you're going to carry the Messiah and you've, you've been chosen, Mary. And, and she said, do as you will, Lord. And so, but yet here they are. And, and, then, and then they have this crazy, and I mean, not to mention she knows that she's a virgin giving birth. That's kind of miraculous in its own right. You've got shepherds turning up saying that an angel appeared to us. We've come to, 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 to worship the, 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 the Messiah. And then you know, 40 days later, she's still awestruck. She's still awestruck by a man that comes up and says, whoa, let me see your baby. He's the Messiah. This one's going to deliver Israel. He is going to be a, a revelation light to people everywhere. And she's that awestruck. And I just think I love that God just doesn't, he brings more people into the story, more people. And this is one of the things I want to say that you might have a, a real strong word from the Lord and a, and a prophecy over your life. And I just love the way that God will just keep bringing uh, confirmation, keep bringing confirmation. And we need it, don't we? We need that confirmation. I'm just here to say this morning that, that God wants to keep telling you what he has planned for you. He doesn't want to keep it a secret from you. He wants you to know that he's got great plans for you and he will confirm it in all different directions. Isn't God so good? So good. Uh, and so they were awestruck over what's been said about their baby, and Simon then blessed them. <laughs> He's prophesied over Jesus, and now he blesses Mary and Joseph, and he prophesied over Mary, saying, a, pain, this is, a painful sword will one day pierce your inner being, for your child will be rejected by many in Israel. And the destiny of your child is this. He will be laid down as a miracle sign for the downfall of and the resurrection of many in Israel. Many will oppose the sign, but it will expose to all the innermost thoughts of their hearts before God. Wow. I just think, man, this is awesome. You've got this man who's so faithful to God, so faithful to God, and, uh, he, and God promises him. He promises him, you're not going to die until, you, until you've uh, seen the Messiah. And, uh, and so I just want to start this by looking at Simeon's life, this extra in the story of Jesus, that this is it. God will fulfill his promises. I don't know what kind of year it's been for you, and I, and I know it's been trying for a lot of people, and I, it was not the year that we thought we were going to have this year, but I'm just here to tell you this morning, family, that God will fulfill His promises, and we rejoice this morning with our family, the Selby family, because God this week has fulfilled His promise, and we can give Him some glory for that, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, the residency has come through, they are now New Zealanders, been, it's, no, it's so good, so good, so good, and, uh, and you know, but it's not not been an easy road, has it, Vince? It's not been an easy road, and um, you know, they've, you know, with, his, with Jordan not being able to study or work and all sorts of things, but they've stayed faithful to. They knew that God had promised, God had called, God had sprint, brought them to New Zealand, and it was by His hand and His word and His promise. And God will fulfill His promises. I just love that. For the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death before the Messiah, the Anointed One of God until he saw him. When God speaks, it will come to pass. As long as we don't quit, as long as we don't give up, God's word will come to pass. I'm here to tell you this morning, whatever God has spoken over your life, whatever promises, it will come to pass. Whatever God has prophesied over this church and spoken to the fabric of this church, it will come to pass. I believe it. And the, what was coupled with this uh, ability, uh, this, this fulfillment and this faithfulness of God was the unwavering belief of Simeon. Unwavering belief. Simeon believed, verse 25 said, in the imminent appearing of the one 
of the, they call the refreshing of Israel. He believed. He, he, never, he never thought, I'm, I can't be bothered going to the synagogue today. I can't be bothered going to the temple today. You know, God, you promised and it hasn't happened. It hasn't come to pass. I'm now an old man. I just can't be bothered. I'm tired. As you, you promised it's never happened. No, he never stopped believing that it was going to happen. And there was a, a, a veriness a, a uh, uh, of, of Simeon. He never stopped being there, being present where the presence of God is. I'm going to be there. Back in those days, that was the temple. You would go to the temple. Yes, we gather as a church on a Sunday, but aren't we so glad that the presence of God just doesn't remain behind a curtain where one man can go once a year and that you've got to come and give sacrifices and oh, we don't live in that temple system anymore. Aren't you glad that the presence of God lives and dwells within you and you can connect and have a connection with God wherever you are? Wherever you are. The enemy wants to take the, del- the, the, the seemingly delay and the timing of God and tell you that God doesn't care, he's disinterested, and it's not going to happen. Because he knows the power of you fulfilling what God's put on your life. He knows the power of you stepping into what God's called you. So he wants to derail your belief. I'm just here to tell you today, keep that belief. Keep, stand on the promise of God. Say, it's going to happen. I believe it. If you've spoken it, it's going to happen. Simeon never, let, never wavered. He never wavered. And, and I'm here to tell you today, because this is the truth, God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. It says this in verse 27, for this reason, you see, what Simeon thought is that he would get to see the Messiah. But what God actually had was more than that. Out of your faithfulness and your beliefs, I mean, you're actually going to prophesy I'm going to write you into the canon of Scripture for eternity. The people are going to read of this, of your prophecy, to confirm who Jesus is. You're going to have a place in this story now. So much greater than he could attend, uh, imagine that would happen. And just the Holy Spirit came upon him. But he, he was, God's timing is perfect, and he had him in the right time, at the right place. Listen, for this reason, the Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple. The Holy Spirit had moved him to be in the temple court at that very moment. I'm just saying that God is arranging, God is moving, God is switching things up, God is allowing, to, to, God's timing for a collision course of destiny is perfect. Uh, you, you might think, why is it delaying? Why, is, why hasn't it happened yet? Why, why hasn't that happened or this happened? I'm just saying that God is arranging the pieces so that the intersection is coming at the perfect time. The perfect time. God's timing is perfect. He had Simeon right where he needed to be at the right time, at the right moment that these guys journeyed in, they were only there for that one day, yet here they are. They, and I don't know how many people would have been in the temple court, maybe thousands, yet here they are, bump into each other. This man and woman and a baby and Simeon, and the Holy Spirit just comes upon him, and he prophesies over Jesus and over Mary. Such an amazing thing. And that's my, fi- my, my final thing, thought about si- Simeon, is that his faithfulness was rewarded. I, I love the message that Pastor Joel brought uh, around that, that, that success right now looks like faithfulness. What a great message. So, sometimes we think that success looks like a whole lot of other things. It looks like growth or, 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 or influence or, or whatever it might look like. That's what success looks like. But he's, Joel's message was, come on, in this season, success looks like faithfulness. It looks like faithfulness. I love Simon cradled the baby in his arms and he praised God and he prophesied over them. God's reward for Simeon was not just that he met the Messiah, but that he was able to prophesy over him. And, and we read of that today. What a powerful thing. Can you imagine being able to prophesy over the Jesus Christ? I mean, that's pretty nuts, right? Pretty crazy stuff. This extra in the story is incredible. And, and so, Simeon also prophesies about the death of Jesus. 
And he says the destiny of your child is this, he'll be laid down as a miracle. So we're 40 days into this baby and already, I'm not sure if this is the first, I mean, I don't know at that point with Mary, how much she had calculated, how much she knew, how much she was aware of, of the trajectory of her son and the plans and the purposes of God. But right here in, he's saying, hey, you need to know this. He's gonna be laid down. He's gonna be, a, he's gonna be lifted up, as it says in John 3, as a, as a ransom for, for many. Through his blood and through his sacrifice, many will come and the family of God will be birthed. And uh, this is incredible that Simeon is prophesying over Jesus. I still, I'm just blown away by this. But let's move on to our second extra this morning. Extra, extra, read all about it. And that's Anna. Following on from Simeon, in comes another extra into the scene. And uh, let's read about Anna. We'll carry the story on in Luke 2, and we'll pick it up in verse 36. It says this, A prophetess named Anna was also in the temple court that day. She was from the Jewish tribe of Asher and the daughter of Phanuel. Anna was an aged widow who had been married only seven years before her husband passed away. After he died, she chose to worship God in the temple continually. For the past 84 years, she had been serving God with night and day prayer and fasting. While Simeon was prophesying over Mary and Joseph and the baby, Anna walked up to them and burst forth with a great chorus of praise to God for the child. And from that day forth, she told everyone in Jerusalem who was waiting for the redemption that the anticipated Messiah had come. Wow, wow, Anna is just a superstar, isn't she? Here's a woman that seven years into her marriage loses her husband, loses her husband seven years in, and then for 84 years, she's just faithfully serving. I love that it says that after he died, she chose to worship. So let's learn some things from Anna. And this is the first thing I want to say. Anna's circumstances did not dictate her worship. Now, I know it's been a crazy year with COVID and all the rest of it, and and, and just crazy stuff, but let's not let our circumstances dictate our worship. Let's learn from Anna that after her husband died, she chose to worship. What a response, right? And she didn't just, she chose to worship in the temple continually. And now we, we don't, like I said, we don't have to go to the temple, but we can be worshiping continually. In fact, we are, to one extent or another, Harold Best wrote a book called Unceasing Worship. And he said that the human, the human being is a, is a consistent worshiper. We're created to unceasingly worship. And we will either aim that at God, we'll aim that at the Creator, we'll aim that at created things, or we'll aim it at ourselves. But either way, we are created to be worshipers. And so she aimed her worship at God despite her circumstances, despite it not going the way that we all think it should go. Here's a faithful woman. Why the heck does she lose her husband? I just love that her circumstances does not dictate. And then I love again, like Anna's faithfulness, like Simeon's faithfulness was rewarded. For the past 84 years, she'd been serving God with night and day prayer and fasting. And of course, while Simeon's like prophesying over, over Mary and Joseph and the baby, she walks up and she gets in on this and all of a sudden this faithfulness moment is rewarded. This, this desire and longing to see the Messiah, Messiah come, which all the Israelites had, they, they, they long, had long been prophesied through the, through the prophets that the, this Messiah would come, and, and she longed for it, and, and, and God in his goodness and his faithfulness to this beautiful woman 
So I'm going to give you a collision course with the Messiah. You are going to meet the Messiah. You're going to meet him. You're not going to leave this earth. He didn't promise this like he did to Simeon, but he's like, I'm rewarding your faithfulness, Anna. I see your heart. And there's something greater than, than, than earthly relationships. There's something greater than, uh, than earthly position. There's something greater. And that is to meet and come in contact with Jesus Christ, God incarnate, the Messiah of the, of the world. And so Anna was rewarded in that moment. And I imagine like Simeon, he's like, I can die happy now. These, there's nothing greater than coming to the presence of Jesus Christ. And um, guys, you can play that track. I, I, I'm, I'm going to leave the message here. There's some things here that we can ponder. And this morning, we want to come around the communion table. And I'm gonna, we're going to do a little bit differently this morning. There's a few of us this morning. So I think we can create an intimacy. And I don't know about you with communion, but sometimes it feels like it's just you and your little communion cup and your bread and you just do your little thing in your seat, right? But I'd like us to be more, I love that when Jesus inst- instituted communion, the remembrance, he did it by around a table by giving them the bread and it was personal. There's a giving and a receiving of the emblems and, and I'd love for us this morning to be able to do that and we're going to do that in a second. I just want to, let's take a moment now and just, let's just ponder from the lives of these two extras, how much we can glean from them. I'm here today to tell you that the promises of God will come to pass. God's saying, just keep faithful, believing. Keep faithful. Keep speaking it out. It's, it's, it's about, the, it's about the, the power and nature and the goodness of God to make it happen. And He can do all things, can't He? The promises of God will come to pass. Our responsibility is belief and faithfulness. In this season, Faithfulness is rewarded. It looks a lot like just being here. Don't disconnect. We're moving into a couple of weeks where we, we break as a, as a church and we don't gather. And it's a great opportunity just to give our teams an opportunity to break and gather as a, as a family and, and whatnot. What does it look like through this season to stay connected with God and His presence? And I'm just here to say that there's I think if I was, I think I'm not speaking out of turn. If I was to interview Simeon, and if I was to interview Anna, they would both say that the greatest moment of their lives is the moment they met Jesus that day. That there's no thing that could ever surpass that. That moment that the Messiah was there in front of them. I like that the Bible refers to Jesus as the rescuer, as the savior. We've got so much to be thankful for this morning. And despite our circumstances, and they may, be all over the spectrum for you here this morning. Wherever your circumstances that lead you here today through the year, whether they be good, bad, or otherwise, I'm here to tell you that Jesus is worth celebrating. I'm here to tell you that Jesus and what it did for us is worthy of our worship, it's worthy of our focus, it's worthy of our remembrance, it's worthy of our praise.